Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We got a four-pack of CAPS tickets to give away today. We're going to give those away at 5 o'clock in one hour. That's when Brian McClellan, the general manager of the Capitals, will join us. We'll ask him about the sell-off. Thanks to Craig Heist getting us up to speed on everything going on in sport. He'll be back with you at the bottom of the hour. Right now, though, it is time for our Beltway Blitz. All the teams in town you care the most about. Busy weekend to break down. Let's get to it. Wes Hall, NBC Sports Washington. Watch him pre, watch him post. Wes, every time the Wizards take a step forward, and I think, here we go, let's climb north. In these standings, they take two back. Back-to-back losses this weekend. Without Kuz, I thought it was an inspired effort against the Bucks, but it wasn't enough last night. And the loss to the Raptors with everyone at their disposal, I don't know how that happens after you just beat them at home. Yeah, that one's hard, Grant, because, I mean, it turned into a mini-series, you know, here late in the season. We talked about the fact that the NBA scheduling gods have afforded you the luxury to see the same time, same team within, you know, 48 to 72 hours. But the intensity on the defensive side, that's what really helped Toronto separate in that second game. And Milwaukee just implied a, a basic walling, layering style of defense that became frustrating. And when you get guys like Javon Carter knocking down all those threes from Milwaukee, that's not something you can scout out and spec. But unfortunately, you know, you got to play the game and the way it's played on the court that night, and the Wizards didn't get it done. Anything lingering for Coos uh, in terms of injury? Uh, day by day. I'm hoping, this is me personally, uh, hoping that he's ready to go for Detroit, obviously being a Michigan kid himself, and with Monte being out with lower back soreness. I know that anytime those guys get to face against the team they grew up supporting, it's always a big thing. Plus, we need the wins. Like, let's not even mince words about this. You got Detroit followed by two home games against Atlanta this week coming up, so we've got to get every one of them right now. Yeah, 7 o'clock tip in Detroit tomorrow night for the Wizards. Uh, What kind of matchup is that with the Pistons as they're constructed right now? Um, It's one of those where you have to be leery of a trap game. Obviously, there's a lot of people that would assume that uh, there's this 7-4 kid that people think might be valuable. Um, So certain teams that are in the lower echelon might be in that contention. My thing is don't get caught in a trap. 
the other guys still get paid just like you do. They know it would be nothing more fun for the Pistons to make it even harder for the Wizards to survive in the post in the postseason. So yeah, you got to watch out for that kind of game. Wes, hear me out on this. I, I'm not suggesting right, I'm, I'm not suggesting that it would be beneficial for the Wizards to lose games. I, I'm not suggesting that, given where they are in the standings. We but, wouldn't dare. Right. Well, but, but again, hear me out. <laughs> My point is, they're at their best when their big three are healthy. Right, that's yes. a group that I wouldn't want to see if I was one of these teams in the play-in tournament or one of these teams even higher seeded. That would make me a little bit nervous. The mm-hmm. priority to me should be those guys being healthy. Now I don't know exactly how that manifests itself, but if you drop a game or two here and there, if you're the nine seed, the eight seed, the ten seed, I'm not really that concerned about that. It's more if Porzingis, Beal, and Kuzma are on the court. That's a group that the opponent's going, oh, crap, it's those guys. What are your thoughts? No, you're absolutely – I completely agree with you, and I'll even add Daniel Gafford in there at the five in that starting lineup because that puts everybody in a in a matchup advantage, right? KP at the four, good luck with that. Kuz at the three, and he can play one through five, good luck. And, of course, Brad at the two. Yes, you got to have all of them healthy. But the most important thing is how do the other guys beneath those four play? And that's why it's so important to have them out there. So that way you're not going into your rotation and putting a guy like Anthony Gill at a disadvantage or a Taj Gibson. You've got to make sure that those three are on the court, giving you at least, this is me being aspirational, I need 20 out of all three of them. I need 60 combined on a minimum every night that those three are on the court. There's no reason they shouldn't be able to do that. Last night you got 33 from Beal and 24 from Porzingis. He yep. went 24, 13, and 5. I do think Porzingis has been sensational this year. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Like, I've been so – look, we all were kind of like, what are they doing when he got drafted by the Knicks at that position at six? I love the way that he has matured in the league. Down in Dallas, he did what he was supposed to do, played the game. He ended up in our lap, and he's been happy. There's a certain peacefulness that every time I sit down and talk with him that I see in his eyes, and we just laugh because he's so happy and content. And I'm just glad to see that he's able to free his mind and really just dedicate everything he needs to do on the court. Wes, thank you as always, buddy. Talk soon. Guys, appreciate it as always. Sounds good, my thank friend. You, Wes. Yeah. I, it just came to my attention. I got a text that I said coos for Kyle Kuzma. A buddy of mine just said, you just said coos for Kyle Kuzma. Did I do that? I did that. Well, that you're allowed to do whatever you want. I hate myself if I did it. And I hope that I didn't do that. I think you did. Did we all do it? Oh, boy. We will pull the tape. We'll, ha- we'll have audio. We'll do forensic analysis. I, I'm better than a coos bit. I'll tell you right I'm now. I'm not. I'll tell you that right now. That's who I am. Uh, hit that uh, Capital Center, please. Matt Wyrick, NBC Sports, Washington joins us. He covers the Capitals for them. Matt, are the, are the Caps good again? They've certainly uh, been playing better. A couple of games against the Ducks and Sharks are certainly uh, something that could help uh, boost you and, and when things are not going so well obviously the trade deadline you know brought down some moods overall with the players being shipped out but you had a couple of teams at the bottom of standings and anyone can ride the ship what is he Ovi he's chasing down Gretzky's koozie did he win me a Stanley Cup you got to win me championships to get your name shortened uh speaking of the caps Kings tonight 10 30 drop of the puck LA's really good looking for four out of five break it down for us yeah, you know, going up against Phoenix Copley, obviously a former Capitals goaltender, so he'll have a little bit extra motivation tonight uh, going against his former team. But, yeah, the, the Kings are certainly going to be a much tougher test uh, than the Capitals have seen over the last couple of games. It's actually kicking off a five-game stretch against potential playoff teams. So this is really going to be a pivotal point here. The Capitals have about a 10% chance of making the playoffs. They've obviously made some moves at the deadline that prioritize the future, but they're not out yet. If they are going to make any kind of climb, it's going to have to start now. 
Yeah, and here's the thing. It'd be nice if they did. I'm not really as concerned as I am about building the best thing for the future. And, you know, the sidebar, which is even with this, is Ovechkin scoring goals. But the thing that I'm excited about is there are some kids. I want more kids. I want more AHL guys that I've heard about for so many years about the first-round draft picks. And this guy might slot in, but it doesn't because it's a veteran team and everyone's 40. I want more kids. Matt, what are your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you can get some younger guys on the books who are making a lot less, that's going to open up you cap-wise to make other moves. You know, they already added a few draft picks with these moves uh, that they made at the deadline, so certainly there's more trades available to them. But they got to be able to fit it in. They've got expensive contracts for guys like Ovechkin and Backstrom and Carlson. So, you know, they have to be a little bit more savvy. And if you can get a guy like Connor McMichael contributing at an NHL level on essentially an AHL contract, you know, that could go a really long way. So I expect to see a lot of McMichael and, and Alexi Protus down the stretch. McMichael is still in the AHL right now, but I, I would imagine that he gets a chance to, at some point the rest of the season, uh, make some sort of impact. We see Vince Iorio make his NHL debut, the defenseman, Rasmus Sandin, acquired from Toronto. Uh, so they got some young guys now that are, are going to start to be able to prove themselves and, and see if they can earn some roles down the stretch. We've got Brian McClellan coming on the show at the top of the hour here in a little under 50 minutes. What do you think his off-season blueprint looks like after the sell-off they just had? I mean, I think it really does depend on what they see down the stretch. First and foremost, though, they're going to have to figure out what they want to do with Martin Faravari. Being a restricted free agent this off-season, you know, they have the ability to bring him back, but it's probably going to come at a price. You know, whether they're able to work out a deal before he he has to make a qualifying offer decision or not, you know, that's really going to be huge. And and what that cap hit looks like moving forward is going to kind of determine where they can go. So they've had a lot of money coming off the books with these pending free agents, the trades that they made. They're going to have some cap space. It's going to be interesting to see what they can do in free agency uh, to kind of address some of those holes, whether or not they bring any more defensemen into the mix. So, Matt, to me, big picture, All the I, I'm, I'm with it. I, I like what Brian McCollin's done. I think it's key. I think it's a smart thing to do. None of this really matters, though, unless guys like Kuznetsov, Anthony Mantha, and, and to a degree, not as much as fault, but TJ Oshie, who are highly paid professionals, who have good track records for the most part, perform at a higher level for more games. I think that's like the essential ingredient here that was missing beyond anything else. Like you can move Marcus Johansson all you want and replace him with, with a different guy. That's deck chairs. To me, it's about the non-Ovechkin highly paid stars stepping up and being way more productive, frankly, than they've been in some time. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. And, and they got to stay healthy. You know, that's certainly been the case for TJ Oshie, not being able to stay on the ice. John Carlson has been on and off it all year. Maybe a freak injury keeping them off right now but certainly you know they need those guys healthy and they need them productive they're paying them to be stars at the nhl level among the best players in the league and when you are a core that's built around aging contracts you need those players to contribute continue to play at the level of those contracts because as we've said they're, they're very cap stricken in the moves that they can make because of those deals so they need to perform above and beyond and certainly you know they haven't they've had some injuries that have limited a few of them this year but overall that group, that those six players that are still held over from the Stanley Cup team and, and being paid like it, they need to play at that star level. Matt, we appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. No problem, guys. That is your Caps portion of the Blitz. Gridiron. To talk yeah. about the commanders, we got our guy Scott Abraham, Channel 7 Sports in town. Scott, latest on Dan Snyder and the possibility of selling. What are you thinking? Yeah, so obviously there was a very busy week last week, guys, with so many different reports from the Washington Post to ESPN and conflicting reports, statements coming out from commanders, refuting reports. 
it's just the back and forth. You know, I'm at the point where I guess uh, I'll believe it when I see it. And, you know, I was very optimistic that it was going to happen come the NFL owners meetings uh, in Phoenix at the end of March, end of this month. But now I'm thinking this could uh, get dragged out a little bit more. Uh, but obviously all these reports are saying they're close. And um, it's still, you know, I, I'm still, I still think he's going to sell. When it's going to happen, I, I couldn't tell you guys. So that's kind of where I'm at, Scott. And you and I talked today oh, for uh, for your television program. And I guess the one caveat I always offer is, as of right now, I think we're, we're full steam ahead. But we are <laughs> yeah. not dealing with a rational person. We are dealing with someone that is not bound by normal rules of society like the rest of us are. If he just decides that someone looked at him cross, he could just pull this whole thing and ruin it. What do you think that thing is? If, if A, if you agree with that, but B, what might the tipping point be to reverse all the good momentum that we have here when we're talking about Snyder? You know, it's, it's, it's just so fascinating because I just find it hard to believe. For example, pure speculation, Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Obviously, he has the most money, the, the biggest pockets, and he could come in and, and outbid everybody. But are you telling me that Dan Snyder would take less money to sell to somebody else other than Jeff Bezos? Are you that petty? Are you that type of a character? I mean, probably yes. I mean, from, from his track record, which is just mind-boggling and a shame, just the kind of one last dig at the fans. But you know what? It, it, there's, we don't really know. Nobody really knows what's going on behind those closed doors, those curtains. And, you know, you can speculate. You can write all these re- reports. Um, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that we probably don't know about. And is this relationship with the NFL contentious? Are the other NFL owners getting sick of Dan Snyder? I tend to believe so. Uh, I, I just hope for the fans' sake that this gets resolved sooner than later because I know their patience is, is wearing thin. Scott, Bezos has a lot of money. There's no doubt about that. But he also has way less experience with sports teams than the other guys that are being linked to buying this commander's team. Would Bezos be better, worse, or about the same as anybody else getting the team, do you think? I mean, I like to – money money, money isn't everything, guys, but money solves a lot of problems. And if you have a guy with an open checkbook and really money is no object or, or not an issue, I, I would tend to go with the guy that has the most money and is willing to – get the best stadium possible, get the best possible deal location for a stadium and bring in the best players possible and just open up that checkbook. Uh, I would tend to go with the guy with the most money. That That's just me, though. Scott, to matters of actual football, if we believe, and I tend to, that this the keys to the kingdom really are going to go to Sam Howell, unless something you know kind of crazy happens that's unforeseen, who's his backup going to be? Would you bet on Taylor yeah. Heineke or the field? Ooh, I like that question, Mr. Ruye. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the field. Um because I just I go back to the notion if Taylor Heineke returns to Washington, guys, he is almost like a cult hero, cult figure, and if Sam Howell struggles or has to worry about looking over his shoulder and the Heineke chance starting in that stadium. I don't know if you want that dynamic. I think if you go like a Teddy Bridgewater or Jameis Winston or one of those veteran retreads, I think it's kind of a safer option in terms of just the mental aspect of developing Sam Howell at the quarterback position. Much appreciated as always. Thanks for the time on the Blitz. See you, fellas. See you, bud. Scott Abraham, check him out on Channel 7 Sports in town. Uh, I am stunned 
when interacting with people on social media or otherwise that it does seem like it's almost Bezos or people will be really disappointed. And I get wanting Bezos for the reason Scott just said, money, 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 money. It speaks, right? It, it's important. I can't imagine being disappointed if someone else buys the team. Because I am in, is it Dan Snyder? Then that's awesome mode. Yep, go to page two. Book's over. Yay. It doesn't seem like everybody else is. You know, I, I was tweeting that this weekend, you know, everyone seems to think that um, Tillman Fertitta is out, and, and I don't believe that's the case. I think he could still be very much in the mix. And someone was like, oh, that would be so disappointing if that's how this ends. That would be a killer. You mean huh? if it ends without Dan Snyder owning the team? You know, but, but I hear some of that. I'm, I'm always um, interested in where that came from. Uh, the guys say they have found the audio of the possible infraction in question. Do you know if you did it or not? I don't. They just say they found some audio they want me to hear. Wes, every time the Wizards take a step forward, and I think, here we go, let's climb north. In these standings, they take two back, back-to-back losses this weekend. Without Coos, I thought it was an inspired effort against oh, the Bucks, but boy. it wasn't enough last night. <sighs> oh, boy. What happened to Evgeny? What happened to the man that flips him the bird after he scores a goal? Give him the bird, Coos. Without Coos, I thought it was an inspired effort again. Um, In a week, I'm going to be asking about the landlord, Daniel Gafford. <laughs> week after that, I'm going to be calling Denny Avdia Turbo. What is going on here, Danny? I don't know. That one's that one to me is not a big deal. That's a reasonable nickname. Because it's half of his last name. Because it's like most of his name, right? Kuzma, Coos. Normal. Totally fine. Not as bad as what? What if I say you see Turbo's big shot last night? Right, like so. In other words, when like Russell Westbrook was playing basketball here for the brief time that he was, if you, you mean were like Brody, yeah, if you were like Brody balled out last night, I'd be like, that's that's not great. Let's not do that again, <laughs> right? But I, Kuz, I think is fine. I I don't think it's that bad. I actually kind of agree. Ov Ovechkin, Kuzi Kuznetsov, Wilson Willie. You know what? I'm gonna rule that Kuz for Kuzma is probably not terrible. But the, the, the issue is, as much as I like him, and he's been really good here, he's most famous for, like, wearing oversized sweaters. For a clothes. Just clothing item that didn't fit. Crazy yeah. outfits. Like, when when uh, that clown shoe Nick Young was here, and, like, if like on the show, if I was like, Swaggy P last night, no, 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 jettison me into the sun, if right. you hear that, right? You We're not doing that. Swaggy P and meant it, I would have resigned. <laughs> I would have just said... I can't work I, like this. I don't want to work with this guy anymore. I'm not going to do you it. Know, I'll, I'll figure something else out. I'll start from the bottom and climb back wherever I need to, but it'll be with someone else. Luckily, you never did that. Are you worried about me at all, Darius? Going no. Turbo no. Avdia? Slippery slope. No, I, th- I think Kuz is totally acceptable. Okay. Um, I said it. Yeah. Yeah. Danny said it casually. I, I, I will be concerned, though, if you start throwing out Panda... What's Turbo, Panda? that's, that's Bradley, Bradley Bill. Yeah, yeah, I won't be doing that. Yeah, if you throw out any of that, uh, unicorn for KP, uh, for Porzingis, yeah, just none of that. That's where I'll be embarrassed. You don't have to worry about any of that. Good to know. <laughs> Kuz. Listen, it's a slippery slope. Kuz is a gateway drug, to, to use a nickname. That's my concern. Is it's And it was so natural. It just kind of happened. Flowed. I, like, I get they didn't have it. Kuz last night, but. Like, they didn't have. What are you talking about, guy? Without Kuz, I thought it was an inspired effort against the. Without coos. Without coos. Yeah. Sans coos. That's tough. It was the casualness that is a little cringy. I know, right? A little, a little alarming, bit. you a little know? Bit, yeah. Who am I? What has become of me? I I like it in hockey if you've won me a cup. I could play that game. 
I mean, he's won me. What, are they going to win 38 games? Backy, Willie, Carly. I mean, you do it with the Caps all the time. Shucking and jiving with the Caps. That's right. They've earned it. You're like, so last night, big game for Oshpay. Like, you, I've heard you say that before. Never done that. Haven't you said that? You know what? You actually might have solved this. <laughs> if it's part of the name, I yeah. can play it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never said Lars Eller. I've never said Tiger, Tiger scored. Exactly. And I never will, by the way. And I probably won't do that. Jason Shimmer was the ice cheetah. I never broke that one out. But you did say Shimmer before. Or Shimmer, Shimmer, look how uh, you yeah, say that, right? Yeah, I would say Shimmer. Totally normal. Okay, that's if it's, what it if is. It's part of, if it's part of a name, it's human beings do that. Danny. I've called, you, I've called you Jeeps before. That's not your name, but that's fine. We're good. Danny. See what I'm saying? Actually, a guy walking out of Audi Field yesterday, true story, yells, Jeepers! Just like that. Yeah. Or Jeeps or Jeepers. And I'm like, this guy knows me. I turn around. He did not know me. Did not know me. And he just pointed at the back of his jersey. He had a... A, a Paulson ma- jersey on? A make-your-own oh. commander's jersey that said Bezos. That's a good bet. Which is pretty That's strong. A strong bet. But I, I think it was number seven, which doesn't make sense. Is there something I'm missing there? I don't know. Maybe he just changed the nameplate. Or maybe I missaw the number. But it definitely was a Bezos jersey. He's like, Jeepers. And I'm like, what's up? And he's like... Oh, and he points to it. Yeah, look at that. Look Pretty at good. Why are people picking nits on who the next owner is going to be? That's what I want to talk about next. On Grant and Danny, starring Coos, Coos on the fan. Without Coos, I thought it was an inspired effort against. Money isn't everything, guys, but money solves a lot of problems. And if you have a guy with an open checkbook and really money is no object or, or not an issue, I, I would tend to go with the guy that has the most money and is willing to get the best stadium possible, get the best possible deal location for a stadium, and bring in the best players possible and just open up that checkbook. I would tend to go with the guy with the most money. That, that's just me, though. And me too, Scotty, and me as well. Scott Abraham, Channel 7 in town on the Blitz moments ago. Welcome back. Grant and Danny on the fan. Tomorrow's the deadline for using the franchise tag, so we're starting to get word on some decisions from around the NFL on the tag. The Raiders have placed the tag on Josh Jacobs. They're running back. They want to keep him around. He was really good this past season. He's an awesome player. Went to Alabama, first-round pick by that Malign front office, they missed a lot. They did. That was Mike Mayock and uh, John Gruden. But they didn't miss on Jacobs. Led the NFL 1,653 yards last year. Averaged 97 yards per game. For the second time in his career, Danny had 12 touchdowns. They have a major problem at quarterback. Carr is out. Mariota has left. Stidham's their backup. They're hoping to lure, Der- uh, I would imagine, Aaron Rodgers to replace Derek Carr. We're not really sure. They might also draft a guy in the top 10. But regardless, you know you're going to have to be able to run the ball and make some plays around the quarterback. So it seemed important to keep Jacobs around, who averaged five yards a carry last year, and they were able to do that. Yeah, this to me is what I would do. I would say one squeeze out one more year of in your prime. I mean, shelf life for running backs is so much shorter. Usefulness of Jacobs and then let him hit the open market. Dallas doing the same thing with Tony Pollard. Makes a lot of sense to me. I will admit, fully dead on wrong about Josh Jacobs. I I said, I'm going to avoid him in all fantasy formats. Just not for me. Didn't catch enough passes. I don't see it. I think he's you know already trending in the wrong direction. Coming off as 2021. Nope. How about 
a lot of black ink on his pro football reference page. Uh, yards from scrimmage, rushing yards you mentioned, double-digit touchdowns, longest run of the year from anybody, showing some explosiveness. He had an unbelievable season. The franchise tag for a running back, by the way, is a little over $10 million. Mm-hmm. Between ten and eleven, but it's it's a low ten. Yeah, one year ten million. That that makes sense to me. If you got a team you think can can compete a little bit, I totally agree with that. I have no problem with that. Now I try to have very few rules as a GM. Mm-hmm. Let's say you can't draft a, this position in this round. I don't play that. You can't sign a guy for this much money. I don't do that game either. Like I don't have rules. Everything is fluid. If I ever had a rule. In the running for rule number one in my manual, which, again, is a manual I'll never have because I write everything in pencil, paying a running back a huge contract as a second contract, like at the end of four or five years, which is where Jacobs is, to then give a running back a monster deal to stay is something I would almost never do. So you want to slap a tag on him, keep him around for a season to your point? Cool. I'm not giving you four years and... 60-some million dollars, if that's what you're looking for. You're going to have to get it from someone else. You referenced this, but the Cowboys slapped a tag on Tony Pollard. So that's interesting for two reasons. Pollard's 25, been with them for four years, went for 1,000 yards for the first time this past season, averaged over five yards a carry for the second straight year, and for the third time in four years in the NFL. Way more explosive, a big play guy than Ezekiel Elliott. He just gives them a gear that Zeke doesn't really have, especially now where Ezekiel Elliott is kind of a thumper between the tackles, right? Also, interesting for this perspective. This means they're going to cut Ezekiel Elliott, doesn't it? You would think. There is no way you pay Ezekiel Elliott what you're supposed to, and you pay Tony Pollard $10 million. The conversation about running backs and what you pay them in the NFL is basically that you shouldn't be spending big money at that spot. The Cowboys signed Elliott to a six-year, $90 million deal. Mm. I have a hard time believing that they will pay $10 million against the cap for Tony Pollard this year, and they'll pay Ezekiel Elliott the 16.7 against the cap that he's owed. No chance. I think they release him, and I think it's almost a certainty now based on what just happened. So 11.8 would be the dead cap hit if they do it pre-June 1st. I imagine they'll spread it out, right? That's a lot. And do post-June 1. For people that uh, don't know this, you get two players that you can designate as post-June 1 releases. If they did that with Elliott, they would save a bunch of that money, or at least you could split it into two off-seasons, essentially. Yes, it would be a $5.8 million, $5. million dead cap at this year. Same thing for next year. Uh, and they'd save almost $11 million against the cap for this season. I, I think that's a no-brainer. But uh, Pollard's been the better player. But there was still that one extra element where they needed Elliott for pass pro. They didn't love Tony Pollard in pass protection. So that's an interesting that little dichotomy there. He's so good out of the backfield. He's so much quicker, more explosive, smooth. He's good at everything else. But Elliott was that thumper that could like stay right next to Dak Prescott for max protect stuff. Pay a fullback. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's what we'll keep a tight end back I mean, there. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'll figure that one out. I'll get a, a third running back in there who is six foot and 227 pounds, who's going to get six carries and make two catches, who will stand next to Dak Prescott and block. I'm not paying Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott to be a personal protector. No, nor should they. couple of Chiefs notes. They made some big headlines today. So everyone was expecting they were going to tag Orlando Brown Jr., Remember, Brown is the tackle who started his career for three years in Baltimore. Then he got traded, first-round pick, and some other stuff to the Chiefs as they've upgraded that line. He's been tremendous over the last 
two seasons in Kansas City. He's made a Pro Bowl now in four straight years in two that? organizations. And he's coming off of a Super Bowl where he was outstanding in helping shut the Eagles down. That great pass rush. Left tackle. I would say a top five player at his position in the NFL. But Danny, he wants all the money. I mean, supposedly he's looking for that Trent Williams, like top of the market cash at left tackle. The Chiefs are not tagging him. It looks like they're letting him walk, I would guess. Because it's been reported that they're not close on a long-term deal. So maybe they're just going to decide, we're not going to pay him one year and 20-plus million dollars. He can hit free agency. Maybe they'll use the tag on their other tackle because both are due. But I thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. I mean, they've got some huge cap numbers this coming season for, for a number of their guys. Who do they got? They're stars. So Pat Mahomes, this is your $49 million jump up in the cap, right? Frank Clark, 28-6. They just, they're releasing Frank Clark. That's the other big story for the Chiefs. Well, there you go. That, they plan to cut him. That changes that. So that's twenty million, twenty-one million in savings right there. Chris Jones, twenty-eight two. Joe Tooney, twenty-two point one. Travis Kelsey, fourteen point eight, and Justin Reed, twelve seven. That, Those are some big numbers. Yeah. Well, that tells you though. Remember, we we gave them a lot of credit. They had more production from their draft class than just about any other team, and they had more playtime and snaps from rookies, I think, than any other team in the NFL this year. And now we know why. Yeah, so this is this is LA Rams territory, stars and scrubs. Say, yeah. That's what this is. This is stars and scrubs. This is where you pay your eight or nine or ten best players a lot of money. And then the the bottom half of your roster is a lot of guys at or near the minimum, essentially, right? I mean, that's how the last two Super Bowl teams have done it. So after, by the way, there, I think their sixth highest paid player is Marquez Valdez Scantling, eleven million against the cap. It's Harrison Butker at five. And then it's nobody's over three, that's basically after that. Yeah. So on Clark, you just said this, but twenty and a half million base salary with nothing guaranteed. That's crazy. So that's a get out of jail free card. By cutting Clark, they're going to save twenty one million against the salary cap and move from slightly over the cap to substantially under it. Is there any dead money there? Seven like seven point six according okay. to over the cap. So maybe they can divvy that up over two off seasons. Mm-hmm. And a three million dollar dead cap is that's cost a new business, yeah. So that's where they're going to free up a ton of money. But some of the NFL news and notes of the day will keep you abreast of everything going on in football. To the commanders, do you agree with my premise that it seems like fans are nitpicking who gets the team and how they get the team? Yes or no? Do I feel that fans are are doing that? Are nitpicking it. Here's my point. And maybe I'm just wrong on this. And if you guys think I am, please let me know and help me screw my head on straight if, if it needs to uh, be readjusted. 800-636-1067. So I actually want everyone's opinion in the room here on this next. My belief on the commander's sale is an ABD belief anybody but Dan. I don't care who it is. I don't care how much money they have, really. I don't care about almost anything. I just want Dan Snyder to sell. Because I feel like he's on the ropes, and if he doesn't sell now, he may never sell. I get the sense that people, and maybe correctly, maybe understandably, are being very thoughtful of what the future would look like with somebody else. And they're going, well, I'm not sure this guy's great because of this, and what if this guy runs the business, how he ran this company, and you know, this Tillman Fertitta, have you watched his CNBC show and how he thinks about this? I don't care about any of that. I don't. It's so simple for me. Is he Dan Snyder? Well, no, he's not. 
then it's better. Then yay. Is that not giving this enough thought? Which isn't to say I should not root for him to sell or anybody else should. But you get what I'm asking. I know exactly what you mean. Is it important who it is, who whom he's selling to? Is that important to you? Yeah, maybe that's a good good way to ask. I, I just I can't imagine the only thing you're focusing on right now being that it isn't Dan Snyder. But when I tweet about these other people or I'm interacting or, or talking about these other candidates, people have all these thoughts and questions and comments. Yeah, and- somebody's I, I had a tweet the other day. Uh, Josh Harris, look at Crystal Palace's results. And I'm like, one, no, I'm not going to look at their results at all, ever, for any second at any time. It's not applicable across sports. It's not Dan Snyder. You know what I mean? That's the part for me. It's not Dan. I don't care about anything else. And, and when and if... Uh, Five years from now, we find out this guy's not great at owning the team or you know, they don't spend a lot or whatever it is. We can cross that bridge when we come to it, and we can pressure them uh, as best we can to, to do things the right way. But the Dan Snyder or not Dan Snyder part of this, it, it's 99.9% of my interest. I'll be very honest with you. And I just want to see if that's the case for you guys and what you make of, if you've seen this, the people who have very strong opinions on these other candidates. 800-636-1067 is the number. We're G&D on the fan. Top of the hour, Brian McClellan, the GM of the Washington Capitals, is going to join us. We've got some questions about their sell-off for him. Looking forward to that conversation. Right now, though, we're talking with you guys at 800-636-1067. I kind of just want to see Dan Snyder sell, and nothing else really matters to me. But it seems like people actually have candidates to own this team that they prefer, which is fine, but that they might even dislike. Or one guy said, we can't have come this far for it to end this way with Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Rockets, getting the team. I don't even know what that means. But I also just can't wrap my head around the idea that anyone would be disappointed with any outcome that meant that Dan Snyder sold. Yeah, it's all relative, right? I mean... The, the analogy I use, in fact, I was talking to uh, a dad in my neighborhood here um, the other day about this. And he's like, do you care who it is? And I go, here's my analogy. My wife tells me we're getting pizza tonight. And I go, that's awesome. We're getting pizza tonight. That's what I want. And she goes, I got Paisanos. And I was like, oh, you know, I was in the mood, I was in the mood for flipping pizza. Or I was in the mood for Tony's, which is a nice little spot. There's a pizza boys, too, I like. I like Paisanos just fine, man. The fact is, it's pizza. The fact that it's not Dan Snyder is the central thing. You could maybe pick and choose who you think might be a better owner down the line or otherwise, but the most important thing is that it is 100% not Dan Snyder to me. I'll be happy with pizza. Let's go to Drew in Columbia on G&D. Hey, Drew, how are you? Hey, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. In fact, I was going to say, you know, some people like a nice day on the slopes. Some people like a nice day in the beach. But, you know, Dan Snyder's like 100 years of plague, right? We're anti-plague, yeah. Well, and the thought is, too, I guess we lost him. Thanks, Drew. The thought is, too, that if he doesn't sell now, if he weathers this storm, I don't think that's happening. I think he's made up his mind. I believe he's selling. I always couch everything with that. If he doesn't, though, sell this time and he gets to next football season, you just don't know if the the math is going to be the same next time. You, You just don't know. With these investigations, the Mary Jo White report, and the pressuring, and what other owner gets in trouble for what other thing happens, if the, if he's going to be forced to sell in the same way, right? So, my point is, he's got to sell. 
Let's focus on everything else 10 years from now. If you don't like that owner, we'll give that guy 10 years to figure out how to own a football team. If he can't figure it out, let's come back to the drawing board. But let's not pretend like having an owner that might not be the best at it is the same as what this is. Like This is cancer. This That's such is a great terminal. distinction. Yeah. This is death. This is really, really hard. The other stuff is headaches, is, is you know, your stuffy nose. Is yeah, that, being... That's the distinction. There are plenty of bad owners, Grant. There are plenty of owners that don't do things the right way every time, that they, they make mistakes. They can't get out of their own uh, decision-making process and perpetually aren't any good. There's a difference between that and then malicious. Difference between that and pr- a problem, right? Like, I think, I think you used some good words, some verbiage there. This is a plague. This is not somebody that's just a regular owner that hasn't figured it out yet and they lose a lot. This is a cantankerous, dark thing that is hanging over the entire organization that just simply can't break through and get past a certain ceiling because of either his own ineptitude, his own bumbling, his own arrogance, his own hubris, his own unwillingness to listen to reason, his own, you know, just this desire to run things his way no matter what to a fault. Yeah, if you're wrapped around a toilet because you're getting sick every 30 minutes having a flu, you got a pretty good idea. A couple days from then, you're going to feel better, and a week later, it'll be like nothing happened. Very, very different than what is currently happening here, which is this is never going away unless he sells. And yep. then you have a chance that at some point something good could take place. Kevin's in Centerville on GD. What's up, Kevin? Hey, guys. How you doing? Come on. Good. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm coming at it from the opposite. Like, so, one, I, I, I agree with you. I don't necessarily care, but I can see why people do care. Mm-hmm. Here's why. This is, this is 25 years, right? This has been going on for 25 years. So you might be able to think, well, this is the shot, right, to get a good owner in there, right? That's a good point. And so, so that, like, 25 – if we don't get a good owner in there, then it's going to be another 25 to 30 years before. And, and a lot of people, let's just be frank, you know, might be dead by then, right? They're, they're not going to see a, a good owner in their lifetime. These opportunities come far and few in between. Now – the question that I have is that, and is that, are we going to get necessarily a good owner? Now, I don't mind necessarily a bad owner that like doesn't know what they're necessarily doing or doing what they're doing, but you don't have uh, you don't have the the guarantee that you're not going to get another Dan Snyder. And so people are very cautious about this. It's like picking you know a second wife. You make sure you get a good one this time around. So that's a very good point, and it's why I'm not bashing anyone who does care a lot about like the, the fine print and the details here. I guess my point is, let's at least keep our eye on the ball of the number one priority. Of course it is. Which is not to have the best owner in football. The number one priority is for the owner not to be Dan Snyder. And if we disagree on that, then then we need to find a way to, to have everyone see it the, the way I'm saying, which is <laughs> that it would be great to have yeah. Robert Kraft or whoever you deem to be the preeminent the owner. You know, the, the Steelers are, are very lucky with the family that they have who does a great job. The Roonies, right? That's cool, too. That would be awesome. Is it Dan Snyder? Because if it's not, that's most important as far as I'm concerned. Um, but, yeah, he's right. And, and that's actually a really good argument. You get this chance once every few decades. Don't screw it up. Like It, it would be really cool if they actually did it really well and landed some home run owner. If you guys want to weigh in on this, you can. 800-636-1067 to line up. We will discuss this in more detail on the other side of Brian McClellan. Remember, we've got Caps tickets to give away as well. And the GM of the rebuild, the Caps began. This reload that started last week is stopping by the show. Top of next hour right here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t